I got a message for you this morning that's going to cause you to receive something. And and Scott and uh, uh, whoever he's got to help him usher, they've got a very special gift for you this morning. Uh, Chick-fil-A, Colonel Sanders, and other places give you chicken nuggets. We're going to give you a, a gold nugget this morning. You know, we, we hear the news right now. I like, I listen, I like listening to news talk radio. I actually, I really love it. Certain, certain ones I, I like better than others on there that I'm really partial to. But when you listen to news talk, Scott, you can go ahead and pass those out if you would. When I'm hearing news talk radio, they, you hear this talk on these commercials. You know, they like, they, they advertise on news talk radio these sheets that cost like $150 a set. Don't see none in our house like that, okay? We got whatever Big Lots has, okay? Uh, you know, uh, they advertise these chocolate-covered strawberries that are shipped direct to your house, you know, and it's like a dozen strawberries or like twenty nine ninety five. We just get whatever Sam's has got or something like that, you know. Uh, they advertise uh, gold, buy gold because, you know, uh, of the economic circumstances. Invest in gold and invest in silver. So we're, I don't, we're gonna give you some gold this morning. You know, and it's yours to keep. Now the value of it, that may be a different subject. But we're gonna give you some gold this morning to help, to help illustrate and help prove a point. If you guys will go ahead and bring up my PowerPoint, that would be great. So, this morning, I want to preach to you a message that uh, I'll again I'll be very I'll be very frank, very transparent to you. I preach this message. Uh, this is a revised edition, but I preached this message many, many years ago, many years ago. And as I preached this message years ago, I it was there was different circumstances. It was different times. Last week I preached here at Voice of Praise Worship Center. Uh, I, I preached that, that we can't be in neutral. You put your car in neutral. Did any of you all try that, by the way? Put your car in neutral, mash the gas, you go nowhere. And, and we're, we're, we're living in a time where the church, yes, we want to be a friend to... Jesus was a friend to everyone. We want to be a friend to everyone. But you know, I can be a friend to someone even if I don't agree with them. You understand that? Sometimes we forget about that. And we can't remain neutral in every way. Sometimes we just got to get it in gear. Well, this morning, I want to preach to you about fool's gold. And I want to go to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. And as we as we go to 2 Chronicles, uh, I'm going to give you just a little bit of background on what's happened here. Uh, what, what's happened is, is Jerusalem... Um, or Israel, or which is a type of the church, is has found themselves in trouble. And as you study Scripture, as you study Scripture, Old Testament on through the New Testaments and to the to the to the books of the writings of the Apostle Paul, you find out that every once in a while, the church the church seems to find themselves in a bit of trouble. And I think that that. We need awakenings. We need, we, you know, we call them revival. Now, you know, I'm, I'm that, I'm one of those products. I'm, I'm one of those products of the 70s. Now, I was born in the 60s, but I was one of those products of the 70s. 
I was one of those products of the of that era of time when uh, you know you had three weeks and four weeks, two, at least two weeks or a full week of revival, and and you had revival here. Then the church down the road had revival, and you loaded up and you went to the ch- that next church the next week and the next church. I can remember I can remember episodes of my life where I would like be in church practically every night for ten or twelve weeks solid because revival. Re- Revivals were the thing, and and those all served well. Don't misunderstand me. They served well. They had good purpose and good reason. But somehow, I think in my mind, in my mind, uh, the way I assess it, we came to this point where we begin to think of revival as being uh, services and gatherings. But I want you to know this morning that revival, it can come through services and it can happen through gatherings. But they are hard to come by. They're hard to gather up, especially this year, 2020, because we're restricted so much in what we can do. But I want to let you know that today, that true revival, true renewal, true awakening will can and will come when God stirs our heart. And listen to me, when God stirs our heart, it's not always in pleasant ways that it comes to us. You know, it's not always pleasant when when things in life. Now, am I saying God causes these things? No, not necessarily. Maybe, maybe. You know, we had a guy when we were in Israel, and uh, his uh, his expression was when people would ask. He was a Messianic Jew, and people would ask him questions. Questions, and Guy Leibowitz would say, "Maybe yes, maybe no." Maybe yes, maybe no. Maybe, may, has God allowed it? Maybe yes, maybe no. Did God cause it? Maybe yes, maybe no. Uh, uh, but, but regardless, whatever, whatever circumstances in our life, if we will allow it, God will use it to bring us into revival and to awakening because if we will allow it, it will cause us to repent, which is what I'm talking about on Wednesday night, by the way. It will cause us to to repent, and as it causes us to repent, things begin to change in our life. Now, when we go to Second Chronicles, it's a time. It's a time when we have seen Jerusalem, uh, if you would, taken exile. It's a time when when Jerusalem is being called back. It's an awakening or a revival that is about to occur. Second Chronicles chapter twelve, nine and ten. The stage is being set when. She king of Egypt, attacked Jerusalem. He carried off the treasures of the temple of the Lord and the treasures of the royal palace. He took everything. He took everything, including the gold shields that Solomon had made. So, King Rehoboam made bronze shields to replace them. I want you to pay attention to that. So Rehoboam made bronze shields to a place. To replace what? To replace the gold shields. And he assigned these to the commanders of the guard on duty at the entrance to the royal palace. God, we ask that you anoint to the... Anoint me to deliver and anoint us and those watching, those listening to receive the word today that you have in this hour. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I want you to see what happens here. 
With Jerusalem, we see, if you would, again, a type of the church. But we see, as often has occurred in the church, we see a group of irresponsible heirs. They were irresponsible recipients. Now, they sang about it, and I, again, I say this from time to time, I would tell you that we strategically plan this out, and there may be times, but it's really, quite frankly, again, it's not really often that we plan every, a specific song. And the, the praise team sang this song about the goodness of God. And how His goodness is running after us. And it does. His goodness is chasing after us. It's after us. And it follows us. And it's there. But what happens is, sometimes God's people become irresponsible in the gift of grace that He has given us. Sometimes we become irresponsible in all of the mercy that He has shown us. Sometimes we become irresponsible with the infilling of the Holy Spirit as Pentecostals that He has given us. Sometimes we find ourselves being irresponsible. You see, God had displeasure with Rehoboam as a result of the negligence of how He had handled the inheritance that had been left to Him by Kings David and King Solomon, which is a type of the Godhead, if you would, that has distributed the blessing unto the churches. Do you realize as believers, and I'm preaching to us as believers this morning, not, not that if you're a non-believer, not that you're not important or it's irrelevant where you're at in life, but right now I'm talking to us as believers. Do you not realize that when, when, when Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send to you another advocate, another comforter, the King James says, that, that, that will abide with you. It's the abiding presence of of God that is abiding within the church. The church, not a building. Listen, when we cut out the lights and we lock the doors and the air conditioning will turn off a little bit later this afternoon, do you know what? God doesn't stay here in this building. The Holy Ghost doesn't stay here in this building. But the presence of God goes with us wherever we go. He has distributed that to us. Uh, David and Solomon, the great kings, had distributed all of their wealth or all of their blessing unto Rehoboam. And God has distributed His blessing unto us as the church. We are the church. We are, in essence, we are not the literal, mind you, but we are the body of Christ that is at work in all of the earth. We call ourselves the church. We're, we're the, we're the, we're the Christian believers. Rehoboam abandoned God. That's where he got into trouble. Do you know, you know something? Let me, I, I don't preach a little bit hard right now. Do you, you know something? Just coming together and say we're, 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 we're gathering for service, doing an event and reaching out into the community and all those things. We can do all, listen. My, most most church people have been doing church long enough and and, and 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 intricately enough that we can do church and leave God out if we aren't really careful. We can do it. 
We, we can, well, there's a lot of things in our Christian life that we can do, and if we're not careful, we can leave God out. Rehoboam, Rehoboam was doing kingdom thing, his kingdom thing, and he was, he, but in that, he had forgotten about the, the, the blessing that, that Solomon and David had left him, the, the lineage that was there. He had departed from it. And if we're not real careful as the church, we can depart from the lineage that God has given us and God has blessed us with and we can find ourselves doing church but not necessarily being the church. We can find ourselves in that predicament. So God yielded Judah to Shishak, king of Egypt. If you go back and read verse 5 if you still have your Bibles open. And, and this is what it says. It says, this is what the Lord says. You have abandoned me Therefore, I now abandon you to Shishak. So, we see that God abandoned. Now, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me share this with you. God is a God of covenant. He's a covenant God. He had made, he made, he had made a covenant with His people. And you say, well, God just broke His covenant. Now, you gotta understand the capacity that abandon is here. You know, God, 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 out of God's love, out of God's love for His people, He was turning them over. That awakening and revival would occur that would bring them back to Him. Sometimes we struggle with thinking, you know, we, we, we've, we've listened too much, you know, uh, 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 oh Lord, I'm gonna get myself into, we, we can't listen to the church of Oprah, okay? We can't, we can't live, we, we need to quit, we, we need to understand that God loves us and who He loves, the scripture declares that He often chastises. And God loves us so much, you know, if I love my son, and I do, and I, and, and he, you know, he's a grown man, he's a, you know, uh, hard to believe, he's all, I guess you call him a middle-aged man, he's turning 35 years old in a few weeks, but here's the thing about it, I still, I got out to his house yesterday, and I saw something, and yesterday afternoon when we got out there for the grandson's birthday party, and I said, uh, hey, why are you doing this, you know, like this, and you know, what are you doing, and, and it wasn't anything major, but, you know, it's the dad in me because I love him as my son. I didn't, he, you know, they were blocking the road going to the neighbor's house. I didn't want him to see him get in trouble. He said, oh, I called him. They said, it's okay. I said, well, good. I, just, I said, I was really worried. Didn't want you to cut nobody off. And, and, and you know, but, but, but we understand that God loves us so much that he will bring us into correction. He loves us so much that he will bring us into discipline. He loves us so much. Listen, if, if he did not love us, then he wouldn't do that. And we sometimes our 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 mindset and our perception of what love is. Listen, you you children and you teenagers or whoever you are in, in the service or watching this morning, if your parents, your grandparents, whoever's your guardian, if they don't love you enough to correct you, they probably don't love you a whole lot. But thank God there's still a few parents that tan the hide and do out listen. Let, let me just say something. Let me just go ahead. You, you, you know, I'm going to be here next, next week. Nathan, Nathan had to clean it all up anyway, okay? When we stopped correcting our, our kids, when we, when we started let, letting Dr. Spock tell us how to straighten our young'uns out and raise our, our young'uns about 35 or so years ago, 
Now, you know, and we, we, we quit doing spankings and we started doing time out. The naughty corner. Now here we are, we got a bunch of, 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 of adults that are reaching middle aged and, and a little bit younger and middle aged. How's the time out working right now? How's the time out working right now? And I appreciate the younger generation, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them, a lot of them would have had, you know, if, if they had, an, if they had ever met my mama's pink supplies water, they probably would act a whole lot different than they do right now. But understand this. God, God says, I'll abandon you. But it wasn't, it wasn't that God was forsaking them, but God was bringing them under, back to repentance. He was bringing them into an awakening. You see, but then what happens in verses 6 and 7, and I know I didn't read all this, you can go back and read it. What happens in verses 6 and 7 is humility moves the heart of God to repent, or the the heart of God to undo. So, since you have humbled yourselves, God said, I will not destroy them, but will soon give them deliverance. You see, God, God, because... God, and listen, he's no dummy. He, he's, he's eternal. I mean, he's, we, we, we have to realize and always remember who, who God is in when we say he's eternal. He's omniscient. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. There's nothing that, there's nothing, not anything that God doesn't know, that He doesn't see. Tomorrow is not really tomorrow for God because He's already there, because He's eternal in His existence. Nothing happened to you yesterday that God didn't know about before it happened. Nothing's going to happen today that God doesn't already know about. Nothing will happen tomorrow or next year or year after next if He tarries His coming that long in our lives that God is not already familiar with because He is God. He is eternal. So what we find then, what we find is God knew, God knew His people would humble and pray. He knew they would turn back. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, He said, He said, they shall hear from heaven, I will heal their land. God, God knows, God knows if we, and God knows what it takes to bring us to that repentance, to bring us to that place where we humble ourselves and we pray and we seek His face. Sister Sarah was telling me uh, the other day, and uh, she on her daily devotion that pops up. She said, "Did you realize that other?" And, and I'm, I'm not I'm not anti-modern versions. Most of the time I read out of NIV in service because there's more people have NIV Bible than any version in the world. But but the King James and the New King James are only the only two versions of the Bible that we that she's been able to pick up on that that actually says that this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. Fasting is left out of the other more modern editions. And what we find here is, is that, that God is trying to draw His people into repentance and prayer and fasting. Right now, instead of panicking, instead of worrying, listen, if we had spent much, as much effort trying to find God as we tried to find toilet paper, where in the world would we be right now in the matter of revival? Think about it. Think about 
I went, I went in the store last night and, 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 and I, I went in Lowe's. I had to go in Lowe's for just a few minutes to get some, uh, gold. And, uh, and when I went in Lowe's to get some gold, uh, I, I saw these big old bales of toilet paper in there and I thought, I ought to just go ahead and grab one. And I thought, I don't think we're out. We're not out. Yeah, she's, she's, she's our inventory manager. So I thought, man, I'm not gonna get any right now. I'll just leave it. But there's part of me said, well, you already go ahead and get it. Cause, Cause you never know, it might occur again. But here's what happened. Judah was, Judah became content living on less than what God had intended them to live on. You see, that's what happens in the church. That's what happens with us. And you can pick that up in verse 8 if you're following in the reading, you know, uh, as you go or later on. Judah began to be content with less than what God had desired for them to have. So what happens is they learn the difference between serving God and serving other kings. You know, and, and last week I preached about how that we're not, if we're not careful, what we find ourselves in is we can actually, you know, the biggest threat of idol worship that any of us have is the worship of self. We begin to worry about ourselves and our circumstances more than we do anyone or anything or anybody else. And then there's other things that can fall in there. And anything that we let come before God in our lives actually in essence becomes a type of worship for us. And what we find there is this, that God knew the heart of Rehoboam and he knew that Rehoboam would be stripped of his wealth. But I think God also, in fact, I know because I know who God is and I know his character. God knew what was going to happen. God knew what, God, God knew what was going to happen. Rehoboam, he lost all of the gold of his, of his predecessors and his ancestors. He lost all the gold. So what he chooses to do is, he said, I'll restore the shields. I'll put the shields in place. In other words, he said, I will continue to make do, but what I'm going to do, I'm not going to use gold any longer. I'm going to make the shields from brass. Now, brass is really pretty when it's polished up. But brass tarnishes and it can get really ugly when it begins to get that green yucky stuff growing all over. But brass can appear really pretty. Brass can look really good. But the reality of it is brass always has been and always will be inferior to gold. You can polish it up and maybe it'll have almost a gold appearance to it. You can, you can fix it and, and, and it'll look really nice and really good. But the reality of it is brass will never be gold. I can remember when I was a child, uh, my, you know, there's a, there's a long road. My dad has this fascination of, of a lot of different things. You know, he, 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 he loves alarm clocks. He's got alarm clocks. He's got dozens of alarm clocks. And he also likes rocks. Now I'm not talking about big rocks. I'm talking about gravel. He, he just, he had just order a dump truck load of gravel and just have him come dump it out. Just so he's, he's got, he's got gravels piled up everywhere, don't he, Sarah? Yeah. Uh, other week I was out there working on his road. He'll be 90, 
for those of you that, that are new or not, maybe don't remember, Daddy will be 90 here in just about four weeks, four or five weeks. And uh other day, with all this rain we've had in a, a few weeks ago actually now, I went out there and I took the tractor and I'm working on the road. It's a, it's quite, uh, in a pretty good distance. And I go and I get up, get these scoops full, you know, front end loader on the tractor and I'm fixing the road. And then later on, the phone rings when I, after I get home. He said, hey son, he said, you used the wrong rocks. He said, I'm saving those. He said, those are the red ones. You should have used the gray ones. He said, the gray ones is what I offer the road. I'm saving those red ones. They've been, my Lord. I said, Daddy, they've been piled up back there for 15 years on the back of the lot, back there in the field. He said, they're hard to come by. He said, just save them from now on. <laughs> Daddy's always had rocks. And a lot of the, and I can remember my, I had an uncle that used to haul rocks for my dad and haul them to the house and dump them. And there was, there used to be a zinc mine in Wythe County, Virginia. And, and in that zinc mine, you know, and they would go over there and they'd get gravel and stuff. And, and I can remember digging through those piles of gravels when I was a little kid and I had the Tonka trucks. Any of y'all you who had Tonka trucks? Say amen. Amen. And I, I would take that Tonka truck and I'd be out in that pile of gravel and I'd be digging through the rocks and every once in a while I would find a piece of gold. Looks about like this right here. Very similar. And you know, being the intelligent child that I was, I suddenly thought I was rich. And I began to dig through and I, and I'd have me a, I had me a Tonka truck, yellow dunk truck full of gold. I thought I was rich. I thought I'd struck it. The mother load. I had it. And then somebody, which I think was my mother and all of her wisdom, said, son, that's just fool's gold. So fool's gold. She said, yeah, it looks like gold, but it's not really gold at all. You see, the brass that, 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 that Rehoboam had used to create the shields of, it, it may have looked like gold, but it was not really gold at all. I want to tell you something, if you scrape this just a little bit, if you want to keep it looking good, don't do that. But if you'll scrape this just a little bit, I want to tell you what Scott gave you and Chase gave you as, this morning. That gold is actually it's actually rust-oleum paint. The real shiny kind. Four ninety-eight a can at Lowe's. Underneath, underneath this shiny gold, underneath this shiny gold is something that you would call a sand rock. And let me tell you something. I grew up on a place called Sand Mountain. That's where my dad still lives. My son lives on Sand Mountain now. And I, I, so they call it Sand Mountain for a reason. Because there's a lot of sand. And where you got a lot of sand, you got a lot of sand rocks. Let me tell you something about sand rocks. Sand rocks are worthless. Now if you dig in the ditch... Amen me here, Big Dave. Digging a ditch, sand rock is what you want to run into. You don't want to run in sand rock either. He said no kind of rock when you dig in the ditch. 
But sand rock is worth it. It's soft and it's not really good for anything much at all unless you're using it for landscaping around your house. It's just for looks. And, and, and I thought about that and I wanted to use this for illustration because what I gave you is not a gold nugget at all. What I gave you is a sand, sand rock that's just been sprayed with some rust-oleum gold paint. And it may look pretty. Don't try to bite it. Don't, cause you do, you have sand in your mouth cause it'll probably crumble. Don't, and, and, and it may look pretty, but the th- really reality of it is, it's not what it appears to be. And with Rehoboam, the shields that were placed, the shields that were put back out in the guards' hands, the, the, the de- demonstration of power and authority. Understand that. The shields, the demonstration of the power and authority weren't really what they appeared to be. Now let me get to my point. So I'm running out of time. What we have, what we had is Rehoboam doing a work of deception. More than likely, if you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 8, you'll find that Rehoboam probably, probably used all of his gold to make golden calves. Out of worship. And he forsook the real need, the legitimate need of the gold, shields, nor can we afford to be sand rocks overlaid with some cheap gold paint. More than any time ever before in our life, more than any time ever before perhaps in the life of the modern church, there is the need for the church to be real. There is the need for the church to not be polished brass or a sandstone overlaid with some metallic gold paint. But it's a time and it's a day that the church, we're called and there's a necessity for us to be more real now than we've ever been before in our lives. Our lamps should be trimmed and our lamps should be burning. We should be ready to go. We don't want to be called out in the field uh, being lazy, but we should be ready to go. We should be the church that is not only blood-bought, but we are submitted to the will and the purpose and the good pleasure of the Father. The Father that sent His Son to die on a cross that we might be saved, that the world might be saved. And God is calling us right now, more than any time before, in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of, of toilet paper shortages, in the midst of of whatever, of coin shortage, anything else that can happen in this year, God is calling us to be a real church, a church that is not just gold-plated, a church that is not polished brass, but a church that is sold out to the call and the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rehoboam's heart, when you read verse 14, you find that Rehoboam's heart was not towards seeking God. When we fail to seek God, when we fail, you know, and and I'm, I'm not criticizing the song we sung, but when we say, His goodness is running after, He's running after me. What's the other song we sing that uh, is very popular now? Um, Zach, is it a Zach Williams song? I can't think of the name of it. Anyway. Never mind. 
But we sing some other, we sing other songs about God, God chasing after us. He's chasing after us. You know, and, and he's, he, he's, he's running after us. And, and that's, that's okay. It's good. I'm not criticizing that. But did you ever think about this? Just take a second. Just take a moment. Let me interject this into your thought process this morning. Did you ever think about maybe we're the ones that need to be chasing after God instead of waiting on Him to chase after us? Maybe we're the ones that need to be pursuing intercessory prayer. Maybe we're the ones that need to be pursuing fasting. Maybe we're the ones that needs to be pursuing sanctifying ourselves before the living God. Maybe we're the ones that need to be preparing our hearts and our lives to enter into His presence instead of waiting on Him to come chase us down. Did you ever think if Rehoboam hadn't turned away from God, he would have never, ever, ever probably ended up making brass shields and trying to, to present them as being the real gold. You see, sometimes, sometimes, I talk about my mom and dad a lot. I, I, I have wonderful parents, but I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My mom and dad, now they said they were Christian, but they didn't know Christian in the born again experience. So my, my dad's a character. My wife says I get more like him all the time. I don't know if that's good or good or bad. But I can remember my dad, we used to go through the drive-in at the bank and there was, there was one lady that wore a lot of, she wore a lot of makeup. And I'm not preaching against makeup. Some of y'all, if you ever knew old preacher Sam Byers, old preacher Sam, bless, he said, bless God, a little paint never hurt any old barn. But this lady wore an excessive amount of makeup. And I remember going through the bank one time and my dad looking over at my mom after he went through that drive-in, that, that lady, that teller working the bank. And I did, Daddy said, I wonder what happened if you washed all that stuff off. He said, boy, I bet you she'd be a hag. <laughs> you wash all that gold paint off of that nugget you got in your hand and you just don't have an old sand rock. What I'm saying to you in this, if y'all will go on back up. What I'm saying to you this, this is the point of the message. I said a lot to just to really just to say this. God wants us to be real. He's not wanting us to paint. He And I'm not talking about makeup, okay? And hair dye or any of that stuff. God, God, God doesn't want us to paint it up. He, he's not wanting us to shine it up. He, he's not, he's not wanting us to, to put a badge on or anything like that. That's, that's really not what he's interested in. But what he is interested in is us displaying and presenting a genuine relationship with him. Let me say something I can guarantee you. Where's your nugget at, Nathan? Nathan's nugget. This is Sarah's nugget. This is Nathan's nugget. Close in the same size, but they're totally different. They're different size. They have different edges on them. Probably weigh a little bit different in, in the sense of just weighing a few ounces. But here's the thing about it. Every, every nugget, every nugget that was handed out in this room this morning, it's not the same. It's not the same. They're 
No, no two of them are identical. Nearly like your fingerprints on your hands. They're, they're different. And, and listen to this. It, it, we, we are all individuals and, and, and we all have our own in particular package and, and, and our packages are not going to all, they're never going to look exactly the same. But what I am saying to you this morning, God is calling for us to be real in our relationship with Him. He's calling for us to be who we are and who He's designed us to be. He's he's calling for us. I love Western movies. I remember... I remember the Clint Clint Eastwood movie. I can't remember the name of it, where he where he's where he's a preacher. But he's been a he's been a fast draw, a murderer, a killer. But suddenly he's wearing this collar, you know, and all of a sudden, and he's he's presenting himself as a preacher. You know, God don't want us to be fake. He wants us to be real. He wants us to be real. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? If you're in this room this morning, I thank you for again for being here. But if you're in this room and maybe you've maybe you've drifted and God is running after you. He does want you, he desires you. Or maybe you've never been saved at all. Maybe you're in this room this morning or watching. Facebook Live or listening by EV Radio and you feel like you know I've I've just been faking it you know some people would call it being hypocritical but I feel like I feel like I've just been faking it I feel like I'm such a fake you know I, I put on this I put on this facade that that I got it all together in my life when I don't have it all together. I, I put on this presentation that, that I'm, I'm, I'm this or I'm that. And when, when none of that's true at all, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. God sees through all of that. God knows. He, he knew that Rehoboam had created shields out of brass. He knew they weren't gold. God, God knows that when, when, when we're faking, God knows that when we're, when we're covering something up, the facade, He, He knows that. If you're in this room this morning, and I won't embarrass you, I promise you, I will not embarrass you. But if you're in this room, or in those that are watching at home, of course you can respond to yourself, but if you just have the need in your life to be real today, would you just slip up your hand in this room? And say, Pastor, I just really have a need in my life to be real. I just have that need. I've been faking a whole lot of stuff. And I need to be real. Anyone at all. This is what I want us to do then. I want us right now where you're at. I want us to pray. I want us to pray and ask the Lord to search our hearts. I want us to ask the Lord to help us to evaluate ourselves. Not compare gold nuggets. Not compare rocks. Not say, well, you know, my gold nugget is as big as Nathan's nugget is. And my life's as good as Barry's is. And so I must be okay. 
but that we begin to compare our lives to the Word of God. And we begin to compare our lives and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So this morning, I want you to pray. I want you, those that are watching, I want us to pray and just ask the Lord to search our hearts. I believe right now the church is in a prime, prime location to experience revival and renewal and awakening if we will turn our hearts to God. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Father, as we come to you, God, I, I just pray. I pray, Lord, let my life, Lord God, let me make my life an open book before you. Lord, let the pages be turned. Lord, let everything in my life be weighed out, God. Search my heart. Search my mind. Search the intents of my heart, Lord God. God, I just pray that today, Lord Jesus, that, that Lord, there will be no facades. Lord, there will be no fake. Lord God, but, but my life will be real. My life will be not only real before you, but my life will be real before everybody, especially my family, those I live with, those I live around. God, those that are in my church. Lord God, my church family. God, I pray that today, Lord Jesus, that as I stand before you, God, Lord, I will not present shields made out of brass, but when, when you, when you're calling for gold, I will not, I will not take sand rocks and spray paint them gold and, and try to pass that off as a, a golden nugget, Lord. But God, that I will find myself committed to you. Lord, I pray for awakening in this hour. I pray for revival in this hour. A revival in the church. Awakening in the church. I pray for a moving of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. In our lives as individuals, Lord. Let, Lord, the Holy Ghost, Lord God, begin to saturate us. To saturate your church one more time. Lord, let our hearts be brought into proper perspective, Lord. With your will and your purpose. Today, Jesus, I'm asking you, Lord, to, Lord, let your Spirit be poured out upon the church. Yet one more time, God, let us be awakened out of our sleep, out of our slumber. And God, let the church, Lord God, rise. She's a sleeping giant right now, Lord. There's no entity in the world that is powerful as the church. God, but the church, we, we, we confess our sin, Lord. We're asleep. The church is asleep. Rise us up. Awaken us out of our sleep and slumber. And let us impact the world with the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, let us do so. May we do so, Lord, by being real. Being real with ourselves. Being real with our neighbor. And being real with you. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.